there is a podcast no one asked for. A podcast you never knew you didn't want. Three beers in. This is the podcast. I anticipate a deeply religious experience. Hey everybody, welcome back to another tasty episode of Three Beers In. This is Ross, and to my left is Cutter. What's going on? Tony. Hey, how's it going? Clint. Yeah, I'm here. And Joel. He's, He's there. there. And joining us is Christian. Why, why don't you introduce yourself? Yeah, yeah. Christian Apets. I'm the executive chef for the Driscoll Hotel. Thanks for having me, fellas. Welcome, welcome. We are recording here at the 1886 Cafe and Bakery. Am I saying that right? That's or, right. Yeah. That's right. As I was reading all of like the historical stuff, and I was like, okay, there's the names over history, but it's the Cafe and Bakery now, right? Yeah, 1886 Cafe and Bakery. And this section is part of the historic side of the hotel. Right. It was built in 1886 or finished in 86. But, you know, this room was was a lot of different things. I mean, it was a, a cigar shop. It was right, a it didn't shoe start parlor. off as a bakery. Huh? Yeah, it was okay. all kinds of different things. Was so. this also the spa? I saw there was a spa listed. There was uh, a spa element here, mm-hmm. but this was not the spa. The spa is actually well, yeah, well, that that's that happens in the back room, but <laughs> yeah, yeah, you know, this room there was no spas on the okay. street side. But yeah, okay, so we're here at the Driscoll at the 1886 Cafe and Bakery, sampling their beer dinner for July. So Christian, you're partnering with Redhorn this month? That's right. In July, uh, on the 8th, the next craft series event that we have here is partnering with Redhorn. Mm-hmm. And you guys are going to get a little sampling of that today. We, we've already had a, a little bit of it, but um, you guys, the rest is yet to come. <laughs> yeah, so we did have the first course, which was, uh, you want to go over what, what that was? Yep, first course, you had a braised beef tongue uh, with a, a Mexican sope, lime crema, refried beans, and a, a green hatch chili salsa. Kind of a Mexican-style dinner for a Mexican-style lager. Huh? It was amazing. It was, yeah, it was paired with the... Redhorn, Redhorn. Redhorn, Redhorn. Well, or the Cuerno Rojo yes. Mexican lager. Is it is it Mexican lager or... Mexican, yeah, it's Mexican amber, amber lager. lager. Yes. Okay. All with the red in there. Both were delicious. Now, just going around the table, how many of you guys had had lengua before this? I had never had it. Yeah, I'd, uh, I've always known what it was, <laughs> but uh, it wasn't because I did never want to try it. I've always wanted to like try it, so it was a very interesting way to to do it. It was just innate. You were like born with that knowledge of what it was. You just haven't a tried lingua, it before. <laughs> lingua means tongue. You know, yeah, a lot of, <laughs> a lot of languages. Language is, yeah. a, is wow. a form of that. So talk about the uh, pairing, Christian. It, was it simply the fact that it was a Mexican lager, or were there certain elements that you picked up in the beer that you thought like really complemented the combination of, of spiciness and everything else going on on the plate? Yeah, so, sure. So uh, obviously, you know, the fact that it is a, a Mexican beer or Mexican-influenced beer, that was, you know, number one. And my restaurant chef here, she's from Mexico. So she was like, we're going to do Mexican food. I'm like, all right, let's, <laughs> let's do it. But for sure, you know, this beer certainly stands up to a little bit of spice, right? Mm-hmm. And so yep. um, it can easily cut through that. And, uh, you know, but it's not uh, a kind of beer that you kind of want another one after drinking this one for sure. Yep. So yeah. um, it's it's super easy to, to enjoy. And, you know, uh, a sope is a, a super, you know, easy appetizer that uh, just about anybody likes. So it, it made logical sense to go with this one for sure. The lager has that kind of malty sweetness that really kind of cuts through that spice it really very, does. very easily. Yeah. But yeah. And when you're doing these pairings, this is the first of four, but are you pairing it with a full pint of the beer or is it a smaller pour? Well, we're never going to say no to anyone. So <laughs> you know, we, we definitely don't try to get them drunk on, on mm-hmm. round one, um, but we'll pour uh, a tasting size and then uh, someone tends to look our way and say, you know, keep it coming. They can yeah. revisit. Okay. Yeah. They can revisit. So you pay your money and you, you get the beer you want. It's, you know, so <laughs> you heard it here first. <laughs> you, you get what you pay for. Yeah. You're not going to get cut off. No. Ex- we, unless it's well, legally unless, you yeah. have to. Right. Like, okay. yeah. I was just thinking of it and then it's like, you know, four beers in the dinner pairing. Yeah. And you're, you're through the second course. It's like, okay. Yeah. yeah. But I mean, something like this, it's very filling. And like I 
told you off uh, off air, I suppose, is mm-hmm. every time I'd had lingua before, it was always with a beer. So it's definitely something yeah. that I want to drink, drink a beer when I'm eating. Mm-hmm. For sure. oh, yeah, no question. I, I had it before I was able to drink, so maybe that was the problem. Because I didn't the first time I had it, I hated it. It was first time you had lingua. I wouldn't say I hated it. It was just chewy. So it's like mm, this feels like I'm chewing on a tongue. Yeah. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> so I didn't want it ever again. But well, so but this was. This was amazing. This so this is great. sope, but have you had it in like caldo, like in the soup? No. Like when you're looking at it, it I'm in the sure soup. I'm pretty sure I had it on a taco. When you're looking at it in the soup, where I had it. it looks like a tongue. You could see the taste buds. Still. Oh, man. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that's a thing. You know, yeah. if it wasn't covered in, you know, sauce and all right. the mm-hmm. braising fluids. You would... It was a thin sauce on my one. And that, that changes you the experience a little <laughs> bit. Like with this one, it's, it's. You know, in a sauce, it's tug. chopped you know up. Yeah. You know you're eating tug. Yeah. 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 I, I felt like it, it wasn't too different from just eating regular beef, beef, like, like yeah. Junk yeah. beef cubes or yeah. something like yeah. that. So, yeah. like, yeah, it went over easy on me. I've never had tongue before, cow tongue yeah. before. So, I was pretty sure the Driscoll would do it right. So, I wasn't too worried when I saw tongue on the menu. But, yeah. But I was just thinking of like people that don't have as much of like an adventurous palate. Oh, like, right. you know, when they see tongue on a menu, they might steer away from what that. But hell? I mean, this, like you said, if nobody told you that was tongue, I don't think you'd jump to They're that. They're feeding us bins. the garbage parts of the animal. Tongue? They're trying to feed us all the animal parts they're supposed to throw away. Yeah. You, 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 you go, it's not tongue, it's lingua. Lingua. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. The, um, it's, it's elevated tongue. Yeah. Yeah. Elevated. Yeah. elevated. The spice also wasn't overpowering, which was great for yes. me. Um, wow, yeah. Yeah, uh, I didn't Clint, even think Clint about that. Clint has what yeah. we call a baby palate. <laughs> yeah. So. Oh, is that right? Yes. You can't I, handle a lot of heat, huh? Nope. Okay. Cannot. So, absolutely not. So you did well. All right. Yeah, that was perfect uh, for all you spice averse people out there. Yeah. Yeah. It, I thought it, it was, was seasoned well, but yeah, not overly spicy. The beer, however, I got some information on the beer here. Cuerno Rojo Mexican Amber Lager, which which we found out is Red Horn by Red Horn. Anyway. Um, <laughs> It's a smooth Mexican-style Vienna lager packed full of flaked maize, which you can really taste that, I think. Right. Wait, packed full of what? Flaked maize. Oh, okay. It's a, the, that sweetness is what it is. Yeah, that's mm, what the, okay. that's the style that's usually added in a lot of Mexican lagers, like your uh, Modelo's. Uh-huh. Uh, yep. It's with flaked maize and Vienna malt and fermented with a yeast strain from one of Mexico's predominant breweries. Smooth and toasty, yet light enough to drink all year round. Did so they it, say what the brewery was? It's... Yeah, it's Redhorn. Oh, no, no, no. You said the yeast oh, was Oh, no, the, no. Yeah. I, I'm not sure they can say it gotcha. or they yeah, want I to just say wasn't it. Sure. Yeah. It's one of their newer staples. Yeah, it just re... It's actually... Is it a... Uh, it's a year-round now, yeah, right? Yeah, it, it was It replaced... It was a, uh, what did it replace? We talked about it on the episode. I know. I, I want to say it replaced their amber ale, or was it... No, no. It was their brown. Brown. Yes, that's what it, it replaced their brown. I wish we could replace our brown. <laughs> <laughs> But oh, yeah. I'm irreplaceable. Yeah, that's is what true. I just heard. That's what that's I, what that's I, heard. What I was meaning. Irreplaceable. That's what yeah. yeah. So for me, this uh, this is definitely one. I yeah. can enjoy it pretty much any time. I think it may be my uh, favorite Mexican lager. What over Dos Equis? Yes, over Dos okay. Equis. I thought you were going to stop at Mexican. This might be my favorite Mexican. Oh gosh. <laughs> <laughs> well, we'll edit it. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, the pairing pairing was very very good. I think we kind of discussed it, but neither one of them overpowered each other. That's what you always look for in a yeah. pairing. But I love the food. So, like the beer, very very good also. But the food was. <laughs> you, you, you're saying the food was better than the beer. Yeah, I'd say that. Yeah. But I, I didn't want to say that. But he likes the tongue. <laughs> <laughs> just good. just a little. Well, just, they're both ones, right? Yes. Yeah. Yes, so for definitely. Sure. So for Christian and anybody not familiar, we work on the binary scale. It's either you'll drink it or you won't. And in this case, I guess you'll eat it or you won't. So yeah, it's ah, good to know. So we're not, it's not one out of five. <laughs> we're, we're not giving you one out of five. We're giving one out of one. Yes or so, no? Yes. All right. Exactly. Really, really good to find out, uh, you know, where, where the level is. <laughs> All right. So uh, you guys want to move on to the next? Well, or? no, I didn't no? get to do mine. Whoa, That's okay. Whoa, whoa, whoa. It's fine with me. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's yeah. fine. Fine with most most of us. I that think that we're replacing our brown. Uh, <laughs> no, You're okay. Just gonna, what, what? just gonna like cut in Chris Brown or something. Uh, you know? I, why would you go that way? I don't know. Oh, you know, 
just famous brown. Hi, I'm Murphy Brown. So, uh, okay. When I started drinking this, I was for some reason in my head, I had that there was going to be a coffee taste in the beer. Really? <laughs> so I was trying to search for it and everything. I thought it'd be um, toasty or roasty. Yeah, or yeah, but. Loved the beer. Definitely loved the food pairing. I think you could probably get away with a little bit stronger on the um, yeah. food. Oh, no, what? no. Sorry. Sorry. On the beer. What? Just because, I mean. A bolder flavor. Yeah. Mm-hmm. No, okay. I, I agree. There, I agree. there are bold Don't, flavors. I can you can just yeah. hit, hit it. Hit it. But <laughs> I think that's more of my palate. I don't have the baby palate that Clint has. No. So, <laughs> you know, the food was very, I, I loved it. It's yeah. strong. And I think that the beer could have risen to the occasion. I, I just I want to say again, that. baby palette approved. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Cast a wider net, buddy. Okay. I disagree with Tony on that. Um, I think ambers usually are too strong. Uh, this one was light. I think if you go any stronger, it's just going to be like every other amber. That's just a little overwhelming. Uh, maybe that. it's because it's the, um, what was it? Uh, crap. Where is it? This one? Cuerno Rojo. It's that lager. Yeah, yeah the lager yeah, made it a little bit lighter. So that was great. Yeah, I liked it. But I would want to come back over the top and disagree with you, Joel. Because, like, <laughs> top of the rope. When I go that to a brewery, you. the one that I'm going to, and I, I looked on their website and they say, well, what? you should judge a brewery by its IPA. Uh, I don't, I don't do know. that. I don't believe that. No. I go into breweries and I judge them by their amber. Their amber, yeah. If they can if do an amber right, right yeah. then they can do a lot of stuff right. Yeah. Um, with this one, it doesn't taste like a lot of those, just like, out-of-the-box ambers, which is not a knock. Mm-hmm. But but this isn't an amber ale. Yeah. It's a Mexican amber. Lager. Lager. Or, it's sorry. So lager, it's completely so. different than what you're talking about right <laughs> yeah. now. I just yeah. want to go ahead and point that out for the <laughs> a listeners. A Mexican amber lager. Well, yeah. it's a Vienna lager, so right. basically. All right. So like your big bark. Yeah. So Tony's yeah. wrong, and eh, let's move on to our second time. pairing. Yeah. Agree to disagree. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, Christian, what do we have here? What, what's yeah? What's on this plate in front of us? Next, you've got a crispy artichoke heart. As um, long as it's not kale, right? There's definitely kale. <laughs> <laughs> there's a little kale, chicharron, tomatoes, burrata, and uh, some roasted garlic aioli. So burrata, everyone knows what burrata is, right? It's yeah, it's a uh, re- reused mozzarella. Right? It's, uh, yeah, exactly. We, we repurpose mozzarella. Yeah. <laughs> yes. And in this case, yeah, I actually we, looked it up. So. We we whipped it and aerated here, so it's super okay. light and cool. interesting. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. And this one's paired with the Trail Runner. Nice. Which is their number one beer. I hear. Yes. And what what Fire. style is the Trail Runner? It's a golden ale. So Trail Runner golden ale. It's a four SRM, which is the color, so it's pretty light. Fifteen IBUs. Trail Runner golden ale is their easy drinker. Perfect sipper to refresh after a run around Brushy Creek, a bike ride down Palmer Lane, a morning full of yard work, ugh, or a long day <laughs> at the office. It's a crisp session ale, and it's brewed to be subtle, complex, and incredibly approachable. They use Pilsner malt and a dash of light crystal malt to give Trail Runner a crisp finish. A dash of zesty and citrusy American finishing hops round out the palate. So I was looking into golden ales because I don't think I've had one. And it turns out the uh, Firestone 805 is sold as a golden ale. But there are people that disagree because some people would call it a blonde. Yeah. Yeah. So some people differentiate golden ales and blondes. And some people just categorize them as the same thing. If it was a GABF, would they be in the same category or different? Yeah. Yeah, uh, Same. Yeah, they are... They are in the same category in the uh, BJCP. Gotcha. Once again, I think the chefs did a fantastic job on pairing this. Yeah, not normally a fan of kale, but uh, yeah, <laughs> it's really good. If you guys need kale, I've got a plant in my backyard that just won't die. <laughs> it won't quit, huh? It won't quit. Yeah, it's kind of, you know, it's kind of the way it is right now and all over the, the city. It seems like kale is just one of those, you know, overused items, right? It's It can be. Um, yes. So... You have to use it appropriately. I'm real popular in Portland. <laughs> <laughs> but I'd say like going to restaurants, that artichoke is something that I'm going for as an appetizer. So is this something that would typically be on the menu all the time? Or do you just do something special for the kind of monthly pairing? No, we, we never do uh, the same thing. 
uh, or something that exists. We love to do something that we haven't done before. Now, you know, a lot of like true palette artists, as I call them, like winos and stuff, they'll tell you that, <laughs> you know, art, artichokes. Sommelier. Sommelier, I believe right. they prefer. Artichokes are one of those things that you almost don't, you kind of want to shy away from. Yeah, that, because the asparagus. such a strong flavor. Yep. Powerful, yep. yeah. Yep. So in this case, it's not necessarily going to be, you know, you get a small piece, right? And, and everything else that's working along with it helps to kind of... Uh, compliment, but you know, a little bit of artichoke goes a long way. I think it pairs really well with the golden ale. The uh, itself, it, it pairs very well. I like that the other elements kind of neutralize that powerful flavor of the artichoke too. But the uh, the beer, light, crisp. I mean, it, it's definitely one for yard work, which I actually yeah. enjoy doing. Oh god! Probably if you paired this with a stronger flavor beer. I think they just get muddled altogether, the flavors. Agreed. I think this works really well. It showcases all the best traits of both items again. I like the garlic coming out of the back also. Oh, you foodie. <laughs> well, he hit it on the head. It's definitely there. It's carrying on. It's not fatty, but it has that kind of texture. It's like the crispness of this kind of just rips through it. Cuts I right like, through. I like it. You, you hit it. You know. That was kind of the intent mm-hmm. here. Fatty aioli, fatty cheese. Yep. Deep fried uh, crispy artichoke. Mm-hmm. You need something that's going to cut through it. Oh yeah. Most people don't think that it's all like a you know, light beer can do all that stuff, but it's like if it's like if they're pretty high in acid, like they they can they can rip right through that stuff. No, you and your acidity. Mm-hmm. I just want to call out though that it's a kale chicharron. Right. <laughs> that yeah. is hilarious. Yeah. Oh my god. Yeah. When I saw that, I yeah. was like, can you? Do that? Well, that I was legal? thinking it was going to be an actual deep fried chicharron the, yeah. with like a little bit of kale on it. And right. I was like, that's like the opposite of Austin. But <laughs> no, this is awesome. Yeah. This, it's also very Austin. You know, yeah. um, in, in hindsight, just talking it out with you, I, I much rather would have fried this kale in some bacon fat. Um, that would have been <laughs> delicious. I really would have done Ooh, that. That would have been amazing. I rather wish I did that. So, you know, probably for the eighth, I think we might change this gently. Oh, I'll still call mm. it chicharron, but. Oh, Okay. Hold on, wait. Patent pending, guys. <laughs> <laughs> Whoever does it first. <laughs> well, in that case, we'll probably lose. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah probably. <laughs> That's an interesting idea. I know a lot of people just have that, again, like the tongue, like mm-hmm. that they would see kale on the menu. Oh, like, yeah. oh man, kale's too bitter. But mm-hmm. this is not bitter. And once you throw some some bacon fat in there oh my god yeah Yeah. and with the cheese and the artichoke and everything Mm -hmm. like garlic aioli all mixed together yep pairs really well i thought i was not going to like it oh yeah i liked it okay cleans your plate what about it were you uh apprehensive Uh, about i'm just not like artichoke and And um, kale and kale just by them you know and of themselves vegetables just yeah you know (laughs) i would think you eat a lot of kale in your household with with your wife not that much no a lot of cereal no we do more like spinach and and things like that not a whole lot of kale but um yeah that was delicious ever tried to deep fry that spinach no never never occurred to me to try to deep fry spinach i think the spinach might take away from it if you were to substitute spinach in for the kale did you play around with a few things in this before you settled on this no, I, th- I think that uh, Alondra, uh, she's the one, my chef that wrote this one. And when she uh, wrote Course 2, she was like, nope, we're going to do chicharron and it's going to be a vegetable chicharron. So, all right, all right. Let's do that then. Wait, but is vegetable chicharron a thing or did she make it up? Because it is now. Yeah, it's <laughs> now. Nice. He's like patent pending. Patent pending, patent pending, patent pending. <laughs> I had someone else's golden ale recently and I can't remember whose. Victory. No. Independence? Was it local? It was, I, I'm pretty sure it was local. I think I bought a six pack. Better be. Rich? No, it wasn't Rich. But I, I don't know. I, I can't recall whose okay. golden ale I just had. Cool story, Clint. Sorry. <laughs> yeah. I thought maybe one of y'all would just like say the name and I'd well, be like, oh, <laughs> yeah. There, that, that's well, it. you remember two weeks ago when you had this specific beer from this brewery? <laughs> well, as we were discussing earlier, the Driscoll here has done. This July will be your 46th. 46, that's right. Yeah, 46th beer dinner, and you haven't repeated one. No, so. no, we haven't. And uh, it's kind of a goal of ours to, right. to try and not to. We we are having discussions for our 50th. Yeah. Potentially oh. to bring back, you know, someone celebrated that, you know, maybe our first or something like that. We're just not sure yet. Okay. But, you know, we're trying our best not to repeat. Who was your we're, first? Oh, uh, golly. You know? Always remember your first. <laughs> I, I cannot, uh, apparently not. <laughs> no, no, I cannot recall the I number I think one. I may have it here. Yeah, yeah, it I have it up also. Revolver. Oh, oh right, oh, revolver. Okay. okay, back when they were actually craft. Yeah, 2015. Independent. They would have still been craft. Yeah, before so, they uh, 
got bought by Miller's. <laughs> so you said you haven't repeated any of the breweries, and is it true you also haven't repeated any of the uh, food pairings? No way. We'll, we'll never uh, rewind the tape and push play on a food pairing. I think that's awesome. <laughs> we Be always, cheating. yeah, we kind of kind of recreate, and and you know. Yeah, you're right. There's a lot of chefs that might write menus and put them in a folder somewhere and then yeah. pull it out whenever I need to re-engineer a new craft beer experience for some groups or something like that. But it's not something that I do. And I think it's maybe my detriment or maybe just my crazy mind where yeah. I, I like to keep pushing it forward and I just get bored with doing the same, what's been done already. Makes sense. Yeah. 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 It'd be really tough because, you know, there's so many similar styles. So it's like, I could just use this because I use it over here, but, but uh, then I think you want to you beer recipes aren't all exactly the same no. either. So there could be something slightly different in mm-hmm. that style of beer that you know you may pick up on that requires you to change it anyway. Yeah. So hundred percent right. Yeah, yeah. Whose idea was it for the craft series? So the, uh, truly, it was the chefs in 2015. Um, oh, okay. You know, there was a, a chef that used to work here. Uh, his name was Brian Contreras. And, uh, old Brian. Old Brian. <laughs> and he, uh, you know, he was like, hey, let's do a beer dinner. And he was like, okay, cool, let's do it. And it's like for our first one, we had, you know, I don't know, I think we might have had like eight people show up. You know, it wasn't. It really wasn't any steam there, right. but we just, it was, it was something. It was a different time. Eh, it was, you know, it was 2015 and better weather, but, uh, we, <laughs> <Right>? <laughs> you know, we didn't really care at the time. It was just all about, hey, let's celebrate our, our community and, and kind of that's exactly what this is all about. Uh, so all of the food, uh, as much as we possibly can, is is sourced locally. Right. Um, nice. Every single bit that we possibly can. Uh, and that's just not for this event. That's truly kind of the Driscoll way. Oh, so, cool. Yeah, okay. It's what we do all, all day, every day. Food sourced as much locally as possible. And, you yeah. know, there's uh, we, we've got a, too many examples of it. I mean, in the grill upstairs, we dry age beef. Ranger Cattle is a company that's about eight miles away mm-hmm. uh, out by Decker Lake. And uh, Josh Eilers is his name. as an ex-Army Ranger, started a Wagyu beef company, Ranger Cattle. And he's raising beef, uh, Wagyu beef on the same land that Colonel Jesse Driscoll that built wow. this hotel okay. was raising beef on. So uh, the kind of the full circle stories like that, we, we kind of love and they're important to us. So hmm. I think I got to meet him at Fresh Plus. Like he, he had their Jesse Driscoll up there. No, no, no. Um, <laughs> the guy from Ranger. Yeah. yeah. Uh, they were doing a promo or something and sold me a really great, great steak. Yeah. He's, he's a cowboy. No question about it. <laughs> yes. Yes, he is. He is. But uh, he's an important partnership for us, so, yeah. Was it ever planned to be, like, a, a monthly thing, or was it just, like, oh? You know, I think early on, it definitely was planned to be something where we can build upon, because it's like, why do one? There's just, we kind of re- recognize early on, I mean, gosh, how, how far can we go? Uh, how many breweries are there, right? Yeah. And we're still going, so it's kind of a... a it's a good thing. Yeah. And, and you said you mostly haven't even really got out of Central Texas, right? Nope. Staying in Central Texas for now. We're t- having discussions about, you know, do we branch out and do ciders and, and stuff oh, and look man. at that? We're not sure yet. You're having the same discussions well, we are. Yeah. <laughs> well, but that's just like, you know, you, you don't even have to like, because Houston has a lot of yeah. good craft brewers as, as well. So I was just saying like, you're never going to be done with Central Texas because yeah. Yeah. like, we talked about it earlier. There's kind of a one brewery opens, one closes, another yeah. one opens. So you have a huge variety just here. But uh, <laughs> but um, yeah, if if you ever do like need to branch out, Dallas and Houston have their oh, own man. craft You're brewing. Right. Shout out to Chance up in Dallas, Fort Worth, booming. And uh, yeah. San Antonio's getting to have a pretty pretty sizable craft beer scene also. So well, it's like, what is it? Five hundred different breweries in Texas. Is that yeah, at least something like that? So yeah, there's no shortage of opportunity, right? Yeah, so, yeah. you're you're ten percent there. <laughs> yeah, yeah. We're, we've got a long way to go. I mean, we were looking. There's you mentioned San Antonio. There's one that I think it just opens. It Diamond Plate Brewery, Diamond something. Rough Diamond. Uh, rough Diamond. No, uh, rough something like that. It's down uh, close to like Bernie and and Fair Oaks mm-hmm. Ranch in that area. And, uh, off of 46 and we just happen it, it it happens kind of organically you know we're driving by it one day and like hey there's a brewery over there let's let's reach out to them right so they're they're on the list they're not ready to uh partner with us but they they know that we exist and when they're ready to throw some stuff our way we're gonna we're gonna partner with them right. so cool it's kind of how it happens all right awesome 
sometimes when they're like real small, it's like the logistics of just getting yeah the equipment here. <laughs> sometimes it is, and you know they direct ship and so forth, right? Mm-hmm. So for them, it's it's not easy. I mean, we've had uh, breweries throw it in the back of their car, and drive <laughs> <to go. laughs> yeah. uh, literally like a couple hours before the event, and uh, or or they ship it to us and like, hey guys, this is not enough for fifty people. Right. Yeah. So uh, you know, last minute things tend to happen but you know we do our best to stay ahead of it right so i know when i was kind of uh looking up this event i was able to go to the driscoll's website Mm -hmm. but is there anywhere else that people can find out information about this uh event series yeah on instagram facebook all of our social media avenues for sure but you know from a booking standpoint just go to the driscoll website you can call our concierge you can call the main line of the hotel Uh, we're hoping that you guys get to help get the word out as well (laughs) but uh preaching the good word yeah oh yeah yeah, so uh, for the most part, it's really through the website, you're right. And would you say you see a lot of people who are staying at the Driscoll come down for it? Great, yeah, mm-hmm. great, good point, absolutely. We, we, you know, for the events, we actually have a strong following. Um, we'll have, oh, 15 to 25% of our guests that come, you know, month after month. After really? Month. Yeah, wow. super cool. And then the, the, the rest is kind of comprised of, you know, newbies or someone that maybe have gone at a, at a previous different time. Uh, and are kind of coming back because they right. happen to like the brewery or they just feel like they wanted to come back and try it again. But, you know, guests staying in the hotel and, and some of the other hotels around town, you know, they're helping spread the word as well through their concierge. Right. Okay. Oh, cool. That's cool. Yeah. We, Nothing beats good food and good beer. No, I agree. And there's a, there's a lot of a lot of good beer being well, made around here and being able to get their names out. Because I've seen the list. It's like, you guys have some real small breweries on there, too, which is real Yeah, real that's nice really cool. Yeah. Have, yeah. They, have they done Orf yet? No. I, no. I didn't see, I Orf didn't see that. No. no we saw a lot that. of the, uh, yeah. the common that, ones that we've done on the podcast. Orf yeah, would be a really crazy pairing because they do. he does hybrid ales. So it's not anything that you've really tried before. It, it is something you've tried before, but not exactly. It's knowing him, it's hard he would to, probably yeah. want your menu first, and then he would pair <laughs> it with make your menu. Really? To, yeah. <laughs> Where's he? Lo- where are those guys located? It's uh, Todd Lane, I think, right near Independence. Okay. Yeah. It's just him doing it all by himself. One right guy. Now. Yeah. yeah. Uh-huh. It's, so it's a. I guess it's a nano brewery. Well, he's, no, the old, he's upgrading in the Hotel think, Vegas. I think by now he's Did upgraded he to a micro. Oh. Well, no, no, no. He got the new system. Oh, that's right. Yeah. yeah. He had a new we system. asked him if he was going to be changing it from a nano to a micro, just in terms of nomenclature. Yeah. What is a nano? Like less than it's a 10 barrel system. Yeah. yeah. Like it's, it's like... He, you can make like one batch at a time. And in it's his like, garage. Right. No, he's got a warehouse space in yeah. uh, South Austin. Got it. Right where near uh, like St. Elmo's and mm-hmm. Skull Mechanics. Oh, he's right there. Like that. In a yeah. Perfect spot. Yeah, you, you really, if you didn't know he was there, you'd miss it probably. All right. There's, there's a sign on it that just says beer or yeah. brewery or something. <laughs> I think it says brewery. Yeah. <laughs> I'm writing it down. What's his name again? Orf. 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 Every, it's Christopher Orf, but everybody calls him Orf. Yeah. Yeah, check it out. I don't think there'll be a lot of Orfs when you bing it. Got it. Nobody bings anything. You don't know that Christian doesn't bing it. You don't know that. Hey, you don't know me. And he hasn't said no, so. I don't bing it. I'm a Google guy. Thank you. A normal person. I'm a Google man myself. Yeah. <laughs> you know, being it like Beckham? No. Being it like Beckham. <laughs> like no. Speaking of that... Ooh, uh, this looks great. That Wagyu beef. Yeah, this is actually what you're getting. Yep, 100%. So grilled flank steak, roasted cauliflower, calabacita corn, potatoes, and an almond <sighs> poblano pepper sauce. You have no nut allergies here, right? Because you're about no, to sir. eat some almonds. <laughs> All right, good. good. So with the uh, the flank steak here, we have the rye mysterio porter. Rye mysterio. <laughs> uh, so it's American porter. It's actually not one of their year-round beers. It's the seasonal. Forty IBUs and and six percent ABV. Forty IBUs. I'm hearing that Clint's gonna love it. Oh, it's uh, it's packed full of rye and chocolate malt. Sure to put your tongue in the six one nine or is it six nineteen? <laughs> I don't know. What does that mean? I I think it's uh. Is it a Ray Mysterio? Oh, yeah. He has his uh, area code for where he grew up um, in California, I it's believe. It's a signature move. And he has this move yeah, where he, it's called a 619. It's a mixture of, uh, throws you on the ropes, kind of rodeo rides you, and then oh, runs down the, like other ropes and then kicks you in the face. <laughs> <laughs> it's a pretty cool move. It's pretty Just aggressive. Like they I don't do like California. <laughs> no. I don't like this move. But that's the, the Ray Mysterio. We, we talked about that on, <laughs> over the weekend. We're like, we should totally bring yeah. it up. 
So it says this high-flying porter is a take on a classic American porter with the spicy bite of rye malt and German pearl hops. I just had a... Ooh, yeah. You get all that rye in there. I never thought of like having rye like in a heavy beer like this, but I just had a rye stout while I was out in South Carolina as well. I would think it would kind of just go with it because, I mean, you know, rye, a rye whiskey would be good with a stout. I don't know. Well, it's spiciness because usually if you think of a, a stout, usually they're like sweeter right they have they they might be roasty but spice like that kind of uh like almost i don't know spice (laughs) finish on it it's all it's it's not something you typically think of they're good Mm -hmm. but it's not a style that that you've seen a lot of and this doesn't have any of the coffee in it either right I can't taste. Oh, any I of taste it. coffee. Yeah. It does. Well, I mean, it, it has, roast, it has roast, coffee yeah. notes, but, not, for sure. but it's coffee. not actual coffee. It's just no, from no. the. Okay, gotcha. Chocolate too. Yeah, yeah. It's definitely chocolate flavor. Yeah. Do you think the rye? Because I feel like it's barrel aged, but it's probably just because of the rye and the the roastiness of it probably. that makes it kind right, of yeah. fictitiously taste that way. So, what are we eating with this beer? Yep, this is uh, Wagyu grilled flying steak, and I, it's actually uh, from that partnership I was talking about earlier with Josh from Ranger Cattle. And you said to do Wagyu instead of the Spam on this one? You know, we, well, yeah, you know, we wanted to treat you guys right. So I'll serve you Spam later at a different All time. Right. That is good beef. It is good beef. What if somebody asks for A1? Then we give it to them. <laughs> you know. I like my Wagyu. Do you, do you well have some done. ketchup? We have ketchup too. Yeah. But we make our ketchup. Do you ever ask Josh if he's like the Green Ranger? Like, does he have a preference of Power Rangers? <laughs> you know, he's got some stories to tell. He's got a couple Purple Hearts. But, um, oh wow, Josh he's a Power uh, Ranger. He, uh, true, he's, he's true pretty Power wild. Ranger. I mean, he could, he could probably. I mean, that guy can drink. <laughs> <laughs> he could. I'm not gonna say he can out drink y'all because I, I haven't been with y'all enough. But oh, man, he could probably out drink me. And that's not. He, hard. Does, he doesn't stop. This guy. In our heyday, we would have given him a run for his money, but we've we've slowed down a little bit. We we. What? I think that's the part of the podcast. Like we've started to enjoy it a little bit more, and it's quality rather than quantity. Right. The uh, the thought behind it was like most people that go out may have about three beers, and so it's like, would you sit down and have three of these same beers, like? Like over and over again, but and that was a real thing. Like with you know some of us who don't really care for IPAs. Yeah. Not that we don't care for it. It wouldn't be our first choice, or especially in like a sour or a cider. Like I wouldn't go and have three ciders at a place. Oh yeah, that's I mentioned this earlier. But y'all gotta get Blue Allen here and see what you can do to pair with their beers. <laughs> yeah. You know what? I feel They're like we sours. did. We do Blue Owl. I think I saw it on the list. Yeah, I think we did Blue Owl. Yeah, we did. Oh, y'all, y'all did Blue Owl. We did. We'll take them all. You know, <laughs> you, you show up. We're gonna pair it. Yeah. All well, right, then I, I got some homebrew. As a chef, yeah. How do you typically cook the steak? Uh, Mister Plus. So Mr. Plus. yeah, mid rare plus. All right. um, so I, which is gently higher than your straight on mid rare. So. You know, I like, and especially with like Wagyu beef, I actually even, I'll even go as high as medium for me just because there's so much fat Mm -hmm. and you got to cook it and render it out and you kind of want some of that to come out. Otherwise it can be a little, a little chewy. You're not, you're not enjoying the, you know, the full beef flavor. And I can see that. Yeah. And I want to charred fat. You know, I want to char some fat when I'm grilling a steak. Right. Yeah. I'm a black and blue guy. (laughs) I appreciate that. There's a a place for that. Right. Exactly. Wagyu beef, maybe not so much. Probably not. No, that's extremely tender. Very, very fatty. But I mean, when you cut Wagyu, some steaks and for sure, you know, your hands just get greasy from, Mm -hmm. you know, it's literally liquefying the warmth from your hands is liquefying the fat as you cut it. Oh, wow. It's crazy. Kind of a fun thing. Butchering's a lot. Of yeah, fun. <laughs> that's something I've well, never done. I've always wanted to do is like just butcher, butcher like mm. cut my own meat. Like Watch butcher. out, ladies. <laughs> my, so this dry porter after that big fatty piece of meat, it, it needs it needed it really needs something good. to stand up to it. Yeah, yeah. Because I had it before and it was good, and then I tried it after eating that flank steak and it was uh, damn. It's just really good. I was worried that the beer would overpower the vegetables once again. Mm-hmm. Like it was, it was paired very well. The heft of the steak, I feel like the no, fruit, not a half. <laughs> yeah, the heft of the steak mm-hmm. is like paired very well with with the beer in itself. Yeah. The veggies, the flavor, like there's a lot more flavor in the veggies. I felt, but the weight of the steak and then the flavor of the veggies, really, all of it came together very, very. Yeah, good. and I think the rye mysterio is really the way to go because you get that rye note over the top of pretty much everything. But I'm, I don't think it competes. It's just like another layer of flavor right when, there. When we tried their uh, their house, 
United House United yeah. uh, coffee style. That texture wise would probably go pretty well, but it is mm-hmm. very very sweet. Right. It's like whereas this has that like kind of spice. It would the, almost the get it would get lost probably. It would, it would definitely with the with the know. big bold flavors of, of this. Yeah. This one's definitely more of a complimentary food pairing for sure. Mm-hmm. You know the the one prior we were you were talking about how the the golden ale just kind of cut right through all that fattiness. Yeah. This is kind of a, this is a different play here. This is not about that. This one's more about, you know, what's going to be able to stand up to, right. you know. I, I like the uh, the way that it complemented too because it's like you had two different things on your plate. And it's like the flavor of the veggies like really complemented the, the, the flavor of this. and But the weight of the steak really like complemented the uh, the work. Yeah, played, you, into, played into the weight of that, too. Yeah, and I think the, the steak really shined through there. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Had you done, I know you don't reuse the dishes, but had you done any other steak pairings before? Oh, God, yeah. Yeah, I mean, we're, we're in Texas, right? So <laughs> beef is king for us. Mm-hmm. And, you know, we're going to serve beef every way we can mold it or shape it, right. for sure. You any know? of those steak pairings really stick out to you? You know, actually, one, uh, believe it or not, not necessarily a steak pairing, but, but as we were talking, I was thinking more of a meatball. And uh, we did a stuffed meatball for a pairing. Ooh, um, nice. Can't remember the brewery. It's, uh, it's escaped me at the moment. But um, we stuffed it with duck. Oh, wow. which was it's kind of weird, right? But we kind of uh, like to I'm go. In. We kind of like to go a little rogue every once in a while, and you know, throw some some weird stuff. So we did some uh, duck confit stuffed in a meatball, and and then we served it with a, a short rib uh, sauce. So mm. it was like we hit you with beef two times. Nice. Uh, two different ways, which is kind of cool. But it's what it's about. It's just about yeah. playing, you know. Sometimes we, we come up with these and we write these menus. And you know what? We, we might not necessarily get it perfectly right on the first go uh, until we cook it and taste it. And then we realize, like, hey, this this is not quite right. We need to make a, a pivot and make an adjustment here. Yeah. yeah. And what was the confit in this one? Uh, the potatoes. The potatoes right. in this gotcha. one. So, gotcha. you know, they're essentially cooked in their, their own juices, mm. you know, to about 188 degrees. I am... Um, I don't know. I almost wanted something a little bit more malty. What? Yeah. I could see that. Yeah. Or so, malty? like, the, the, co- beer the, on the stout own, sounds like it may have, like, been really good for me. Yeah. I don't know. I haven't tried oh, the, the House stout. United. The yeah. House United stout that you were saying. Just something a little bit more. Well. I don't know. You do love coffee, so. Yeah. So, I don't know. Just, just. Their, their House just United, I was their House United was, like, drinking cold-pressed coffee is what it was it's like it, it was so it's low abv which a lot of your yeah. american stouts are not i think it's like right. 4.7 or something like it was that. under five yeah but it's like it, it had that like almost already had the sugar and cream added but it was just real light and yeah that sounds wonderful not <laughs> enough cream for me i don't know you can you, add more you had yeah. that recently there no, that, that was what we did on the, the episode. The episode. The oh, episode. when you guys did the Easter. late night. Up too late with Ross and Cutter. <laughs> it's not up too late until we do the second one. <laughs> yeah. And then it was drunk. I listened to it. It was really... I was. I had that a hard time listening to you guys. That wasn't super true. I was listening to it sober, and I was like, oh, my God. Towards the end, mm-hmm. yeah. These guys yeah. are so drunk. <laughs> it was... I uh, mean, it was funny. It was very entertaining. But I was like, man, I wish I was there. <laughs> Could have been. I don't know. Anyway. But yeah, I, I I think the rye Mysterio on its own, without any pairing, would kind of it's kind of lacking, but it's got that that rye note. I don't so. know that I could do three of them. It's funny you said that it's lacking. Uh, mm-hmm. when we first tasted this, that's kind of my takeaway too. I was like, yeah. this is very monotone. Right, yeah. You know, it's kind of a one hit and and there's not a lot of layering. Right. The uh the, the bitterness of it, so I, I mean that's kind of a typical thing of a porter like uh of those kind of like what's the difference between a porter and a stout nothing <laughs> but uh, yeah. uh it is it is a lighter porter it's like it's not i mean there's not a whole lot to it yeah but it's got those kind of like bitter coffee notes almost the, the yeah, bitter yeah. the bitter dark chocolate notes there's, to it there's no raisins i know yeah. that no, there's no raisins the devil's fruit <laughs> oh wait no that's that's cloven bananas yeah. that's cloven bananas probably going to be some in the, the no next nature's one. nature's fruit is nature's raisins. fruit is raisin yeah. that would be so amazing <laughs> if you had cloves on the banana like oh, it would be no. like you just got us got the podcast <laughs> i'm so not a fan of clove. <laughs> not a fan of clove no. not a fan of coriander you just don't like that style in my beer, beer no <laughs> in my beer no what about no. sage you know, I can appreciate a little bit of sage. A little bit of sage goes a long way. Though. What about rosemary in your beer? I'm a Ooh. huge fan of it. Oh, yeah. 
You know what? I like charring it and then dropping it in. Yeah. Ooh. Oh, yeah. A half of Eisen, you know, drop some charred rosemary yeah. in it. And lemon, and I'm happy. I'm a happy dude. Wow. Oh, I yeah. Lemon. We, we had a Char- Texas okay. wit earlier that they replaced the orange peel and coriander with Texas grown sage and, and lavender. lavender. Yeah. I hate lavender. Yeah, me too. <laughs> so, it's, you, you know, but we're writing down a list now. <laughs> let, let me People tell love you. using it in food, right? There's a thing with lavender, right? It's so, a French thing. It, it's interesting. There's a soap thing. It's a soap <laughs> thing. That's right. So there's it, been studies that have been done that your palate, you can either appreciate lavender and the ones that really don't pick up a soapy note, you know, oh, it's yeah. kind of a, a genetics thing oh no, so like uh, uh, like thing with cilantro cilantro yeah yeah, yeah. yeah. lavender if you butter have for gene. me and lavender honey oh you my goodness it. yeah awful when the bees are getting so, the lavender the, honey the two pollen. things no oh uh, my wait That's you don't it. like honey it's, again no i don't like honey. oh my goodness it's because yeah. we have french in our history i think so i wasn't gonna mention any french on this episode i was actively trying not to leave the french out of this yeah French people are amazing. I'll bathe with lavender, but I don't like to eat it. <laughs> <laughs> Not in the kitchen, right? <laughs> All right. All right. So Dessert. Yeah. So what do we have here? What do we got? This is your banana pudding. So Chef Tony Sansaloni, right? He's our executive pastry chef. The guy's a, a freaking wizard. You know, is that sausage in the middle? It kind of looks <laughs> a little like sausage, but I promise you it's not. That's a... Uh, Wait, that's, that's the pecan. What are you that? looking at? That's the sausage, the layer? That yeah, tiny, yeah. Yep, that little skinny layer. It does look a little sausagey. That's his. Um, uh, that's his homemade banana bread. So, oh, okay. Uh, you've got a, a traditional Italian sabayon, whipped cream cheese, fresh banana, uh, and then he did a, a pecan shortbread uh, as well as, as a base. The, okay, yeah. And are those? That's those are cloves on top. Those are those are definitely <laughs> yeah. They they kind of look a little clovey, but they're not. That's a little just a little chocolate nugget. Uh, we call them croquant, a oh, chocolate cool. croquant. Okay. But I had this earlier, so I know exactly where it's going. Right. <laughs> I have my sugar for the day, but I'll take another couple bites. That croquant is really uh, interesting. That's, uh, I've hmm. never thought of uh, Hef as a dessert beer. It's, uh, it's just not something that's ever crossed my mind, really. Even the bananas has, never kind of. Well, I mean, it, it, I think of bananas for breakfast. I mm. never really. Th- I, I typically, I'm not thinking of bananas. I mean, I know there's banana desserts, but I, I mean, yeah. he's pretty much always thinking of bananas, you know. I was good one going for like the banana, classy, Clint. yeah, classy, <laughs> classy. <laughs> but only in the morning. I, that was only just morning, that, that was just too softball <laughs> to ignore. You can't just let that, that lie. It's, no, yeah. can't let it lie. Did we do um, a half when we did the ice cream pairing? No, I don't think we did, right? Yeah. Wait, the first ice cream pairing or the upcoming ice cream pairing? Ooh, that Clint doesn't want to be a part of. I don't I, want to be a part of that. <laughs> you know, no, we we haven't. Done. From what I remember, I thought you did come around to liking the ice cream. You like the ice cream? No, you like the beers? Yeah, you but like just the not ice together. Cream. Yeah, separately. Oh, okay, yeah, I think that was. But we not made, the IPA. We made a uh, beer floats last year, kind of oh. a whole bunch of different. Styles I didn't, but I think the beer float is the way to go yeah. this time. I used yeah. to have it on my menu back in Colorado. Oh yeah, mm-hmm. they don't really didn't really sell very well it just it was more novelty and right what was it that people just wanted them separately they didn't want them together i don't know if they wanted to like a mixing you know stimulants and depressants together i I don't know what oh they're both stimulants yeah i don't know it just didn't work well but Uh uh from a you know purchasing you know guests spending their money on it right Mm -hmm. yeah but man are they fun they're they're delicious too i have had a uh an alcoholic root beer float that was pretty good but then again, that's just a root beer float. So, mm-hmm. yeah, just use um, would you use like a not your grandpa's? Uh, Whichever root beer? one is the good one. I can't. I can I never think remember not what your the grandpa's one. Not is your father's. The good one. Not your father's. You typically try to pair those with like the style that you would almost do the syrups with. So, like your big heavy chocolate stouts or something like that takes place of like chocolate syrup. Yeah, or you have like uh, your lambics, like your really fruity kind of sweeter stuff, like uh, the. Lindemann's framboise, probably the most mm, popular one that mm-hmm. I see. It's like basically the equivalent of raspberry syrup that you're putting on there, like with yes. vanilla ice cream. Yeah, we we did uh, like I remember a raspberry sorbet that we paired with one, not necessarily ice cream, you know, but kind of turns it more into like a, a beer slushy, if you will. Oh yeah, this was delicious dessert. Pretty good, right? Oh yeah, we were we were talking. I think it was off air earlier, but uh, like something as simple as that 
like just the presentation he was saying so that's good like like it's very difficult to do and it's very it's very very well done it's kind of in line with like our our mantra here at the driscoll like you know we, we like to talk about ourselves as being kind of rustic and refined and we don't like to overcomplicate things we keep it simple but we're going to do it to the, be- the best way we can it's, it's our style I like to make simple things look really or make simple things Really, really difficult. <laughs> Make difficult things very, look very, really simple. There you go. Mm-hmm. I got you. That's what I was trying to say. Both ways. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But I mean, it's just like all of these pieces pair so well together. Like the the pecan, I feel like is it's thin, but it's the perfect amount for yeah. it. if it was any thicker, the pecans might overpower. And I love pecans. Mm-hmm. Like people call me Tony Pecan. Who calls you that? I am in people's phones as because whenever it's pecan season, I have five pecan trees and I give out just tons of pecans. Oh, that's right. That makes sense. That's true. You do dump pecans on us. Uh, uh, What I'm not hearing is the gratefulness in your voice from getting free pecans. I'm glad we were able to help clear your yard. I mean, pecans are expensive. That's like, you know. One of those bags is like $40 worth of pecans. What? I don't know about that. <laughs> they're, pecans are expensive. It's li- literally very, very expensive. A it's, bag I spend big? a ton of money on pecans. Yeah. I wish I didn't have to buy them. But Maybe you if don't you... have pecan trees? I don't have pecan trees on mm. top of the Driscoll. Yeah, right? Ah. No. Maybe if yeah. next time you shelled them for us, you could... Whoa, 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 whoa. <laughs> That's one of the amazing things about living in Texas, that you do have so many things that are delicious that are grown locally that you can just like get at a farmer's market or in your own backyard and you said you source locally i guess at the i guess a lot of the local farms or yeah so i mean that's austin right austin's just packed with tons of artisan craftsmen and women growing or harvesting and and you know we try to leverage them as much as possible but to your point yeah i mean every sunday there's a market someplace and uh it's you know shame on you if you haven't gone out to see one because there's just right. all kinds of fun things that you can you know steal on 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 a weekly basis absolutely uh, and it changes obviously with the season so that's an important thing too getting it seasonally when it tastes like at the peak is just oh man that's so amazing how often do you spend you yourself spend time roaming around the markets yeah i, I try to do every it every week? every, month. every uh, month i can't do it every week i just don't have the, the time and the ability but uh i'll definitely go every single month at least to one different one mm-hmm. and i might it's many times i might not even buy something i just want to go and look and see and you know what what's being grown right now and where's it coming from and who's doing it just so i can have an understanding of you know uh potentially using that that, that item or that product down the road texas lavender I have this dream that Texas oh, is, that Austin is going to have a, a space like a Pike Place or a Granville yeah. Market, like that's around year round. I mean, it's just a place you go to where you want the seasonality of the flowers, the food, the crafts. Um, and I think Austin could sustain it. Like, there's enough people who go for that sort of. They want that closeness to their food they want mm-hmm. the richness of the flavors i uh, i just don't know why we don't do something like that it could be right Traffic. on town lake parking <laughs> right on town lake oh you no know. no i i agree with you you know i think austin can absolutely sustain that you know i think that it's not necessarily on the city's radar right it's up yeah, to right. the artisans and us yeah. to, to figure that out for them and make it happen but you're right there's certainly it's not easy mm-hmm. you know finding a space uh Real estate's pretty uh, expensive these days. So. Sure. If Spe- Seattle can downtown. Yeah. Yeah. You know what, what might help is if we had a uh, public transit system that oh, ran yeah. on weekends or, uh, you know, past midnight. or Yeah, that, uh, You yeah, got scooters. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that doesn't, really work, doesn't really work well for us who are not from down here. Like, you know, the scooter's not going to get us all the way back <laughs> no, up to Pflugerville. Yeah. <laughs> there's, no, there's no scooters up in Pflugerville, I don't think. <laughs> Maybe step one will be getting Maybe. beer to go because there's on the line on the red line and we'll just start more and more people start buying beer to go and then they're like oh we gotta service them we gotta get people on trains yeah and then the trains will get more nope. busy i don't <laughs> think that's what they're step one is putting the soccer stadium in you know it's gonna drive people up there north and the breweries are right there next to it you're gonna get a lot more ridership it's gonna be impossible to get there you're on saying good luck yeah yeah mm-hmm. good luck add more and cars. The fine parking but you just go early enough if there's enough places where you could do almost like a tailgate do they do tailgates on soccer eh, 
We talked about that this weekend. Not really. Yes. Yeah, I was no. gonna say it's Texas. They will tell you it's soccer. <laughs> we will. Well, Texas will. Yeah, we Texas will. will. Oh yeah. Yeah. Oh, I didn't think about that. I may go to the soccer stadium just to tailgate. Well, Austin Anthem. Be Have out you there? seen the pictures? Of, Austin Anthem is everywhere. Yeah. <laughs> Run into them at all Wait, the bars. You, Their scarves are everywhere. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> That's what, the green scarf. They yeah. got really cool hats and shirts. Um, but yeah, you, I don't know if you've seen the mock-ups Did they of the pay stadium. For this commercial? Huh? No. <laughs> no, 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 no. I'm just saying is all. Yeah. Yeah. But it's cool that Austin is getting stuff like that. Like that, yeah. that Austin has a craft beer food pairing. Mm-hmm. When I think of like when we first moved to Austin, it, it was a weird out there city, but I can't think of anything like this. This is amazing. People from out of town, like this is a destination, this sort of event. Yeah. You would go to see like, okay, I want pecans from Texas. I want to see locally grown Wagyu beef paired with a craft beer. I mean, you're bringing together a lot of really amazing things here and in a very historical place. We're blessed. We're blessed and lucky Making to do history. it. Making history. Mm-hmm. No doubt. There's been a lot of chefs that have come, you know, through this place. And hopefully it's, it's well, not hopefully, it's our goal is just to continue to steward it on, right? Right. Keep sure. That, keep that craft movement going. Well, you guys do you are doing any, a very good job. Do you have any ghost chefs that come through? <laughs> I, I was about to there ask you the <laughs> How much do the ghosts help out? Like, do they do they carry their weight around here? Or? It's, it's like Ratatouille, but with hey, a ghost. Oh. There's definitely... Uh, <laughs> is that on you the guys hi- are putting me on the spot. <laughs> <laughs> is that on the History Channel? It's not on the History Channel. Hotel Ghosts? <laughs> but I've, I've seen stuff on there, the History Channel. There's definitely some of that, right? Mm-hmm. So there's a lot of stories. Uh, you know, a couple of the famous ones, right? So uh, Samantha, a little girl that... Uh, <clears throat> Plays she was, with her ball. Yep, yeah, she was chasing her ball down the grand staircase and perished. And, uh, you know, there's a picture of her up on one of right. our, our guest, uh, guest hallways. Uh, but then there's also another story of a bridal massacre that took place in another room that we won't name and you know as far as like the reality of all of that it's you you believe what you want to believe um but we uh it's also the empress right there's 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 stuff that we maximilian room there's the maximilian room we try not to we we don't talk about it or the contessa i don't i don't remember anyway but a lot of guests they have their own experiences yeah sure would you say that some people seek it out like isn't there yes. like a tour around the yes. um halloween ish yes yeah. there's there's guests that uh and they might not necessarily be buying a hotel room like we have kids from college you know they bring all their ghostbusters equipment Go Ghostbusters. <laughs> you know literally i've, I've nice. watched that happen oh I've that's awesome that happen. they that come awesome. and scan doors and stuff and you know, and a lot of EVP out here. <laughs> I, I was specific, specifically asking, like, have you ever like, who made this? This is delicious. And it's like, nobody. It just showed up one morning. <laughs> no, no. I haven't had any ghost chefs make anything, but I have had a ghost inside one of my walk-in coolers. Oh, oh yeah. Oh, yeah. Cool. I've got proof. <laughs> I got video. Was it? Oh, it wasn't like oh, uh, footprints in the frost or something. No, or? no. Um, so. A few years ago, and yeah, Car- Carly's shaking her head at me. But <laughs> um, so a few years ago, uh, 2014, we have cameras all over this hotel, right? right. Everywhere. Uh, they're watching me right now. What? So yeah, are they, they are. Watching us? They're definitely watching us. <laughs> One of the walk-in cooler doors opened on its own uh, at 2 a.m. in the morning. Just you know, and those doors don't. Those open. are yeah. No, those those are are heavy <laughs> doors. 150 pound door that just swings. It's open. also got a latch, right? That, it like, was latched. Yeah. <laughs> Clear as day. You can see it. So how do you explain that? I don't know. Ooh, wow. Spooky walk-in <laughs> freezer. <laughs> it actually was the freezer. You're right. Wait, wait. Do you feel a cold chill on your back when you go in there? No, it's just I, I, I appreciate it. <laughs> that was a good one, though. Freezer. <laughs> <laughs> I get one per episode. Yeah. Uh, apparently, everybody gets one. Bingo. <laughs> Try not to make it too cheesy. Speaking of cheese, oh wait, no, that didn't have any cheese in it. Yeah, it did. Cream yeah. cheese. Cream cheese. Oh, yeah. Cream okay. cheese. Yeah. That's right. That is cheese. Of the four, which was your favorite pairing? Oh, good question. I think course number two. Course number two? I think what was my favorite, just, okay. you know, from, uh, I can appreciate how that uh, golden nail cut right through that artichoke and mm-hmm. cleaned my palate and got me ready for that next bite. You know, I, I appreciate that. Preference, though. Agreed. Yeah. All of them paired very, very well. Yeah. I'd, I'd agree with you. The second one was the, the best pairing. How do you feel about this pairing, though? I, I like it a lot. Like, uh, I'm not a huge banana guy. Yeah. Like, <laughs> 
<laughs> I'm sorry, guys. <laughs> Another you can't just lob them those softballs. Uh, anyway, moving on. But uh, um, the the once again the pairing is very very nice. I like once again the textures, not only the flavors but the textures paired very very well too. It's like it's not. I mean, hefts can be really light and crisp, even though they're kind of in the hazy style. They have those hefts to them, but uh, but no, I I like the creaminess of the beer, the texture. Just it's when you think of banana pudding, banana like the it's like it's, you think either banana bread or really heavy banana pudding, and it's like it was very light and airy, and I'm not weighted down right now, which is which is surprising to me. Yeah. Yep. Tony would appreciate that. Yeah. Our chef, yeah. he, you know, and he prides himself on, uh, in his words, I don't want to bastardize his words, but how does he say it? Something along the lines of all of our desserts, uh, we try our best to make sure they're not teeth chatteringly sweet and, right, and overpowering, yeah. sure. right? From the sugar standpoint. So, yeah, I think if it was, if it was sweeter, it would take away from the beer. Yeah. But, you know, on this one again, I mean, I love Hef. I'd like to see it with a better Hef. Like, yeah, I can yeah. see that. Yeah. yeah. Of of mm. the beers, I think this was probably my least favorite. Mm-hmm. Cuz this um, dessert was amazing. I'd like to see it with like a live agreed. oak. Um Yeah. The Wonder Boy half. Yeah. Actually, I didn't talk about the beer. Mm-hmm. And what is Wonder Boy? Is that like a tenacious D or something? I mean, that's what, yes, that's what I always like. Yeah. I don't know if that's Is that what they were going for? I don't know if that's what they were going for, but know. Yeah, I mean, Tenacious Wonder D Bat. had a song called Wonder Boy. Wonder yes. Boy. Okay, yeah, that's what it, uh, that's what I was thinking the whole time, but I don't know. It might about. be because uh, he, here's their description: it's a uh, Wonder Boy Hef is Hefweizen, 11 IBUs and five percent ABV. Nothing crazy. Sessionable, definitely. So they say, Wonder Boy, what is your secret power? Oh, yeah, that's yeah. That, yeah, that's Tenacious D. <laughs> it's wondrous. The delicate and delicious balance of spicy and fruity esters in Wonder Boy Hefweizen. This smooth and refreshing ale is our Texas twist on a favorite style. Soft white wheat malt, bready Vienna malt, Pilsner malt build the backbone. German pearl hops add a mild bitterness and spice, but it's the unique German yeast that does the heavy lifting. Hmm. I don't know. It yeah, it's not my favorite hef. No, I, I don't I don't I, really see anything that's doing heavy lifting. Yeah, um, no. I thought it paired really well early on, but then I think it paired fine. It's just the, the hef in, in and of itself relative to the I other think, beers. I think it was kind of bland towards the yes, end. Yes, and the more I drank it, it was just like Meh. that. It may be a, a case of the dessert being just so much better than the beer yeah i, I think <laughs> you that up. was you made the dessert too good <laughs> <laughs> well he didn't tony did oh yeah tony did tony, i think that tony was did. that was a case throughout this you know, tony's yeah. just have a problem of just <laughs> knocking it out of the park uh, do, do some, of them. Some, yeah, some of them yeah, one, yeah. one of yeah. them <laughs> one of them 50 maybe 50 <laughs> of the time it's all, all of them <laughs> but the dessert had like uh you know it had that light sweetness but it also had like that little bit of i don't know i, I thought it was saltiness to it yeah and, the, i the think pecan, in the pecan, in yeah. the pecan. Yeah. he had the in the sauce as well he salted his caramel mm. sauce Ooh, oh, right. yeah. Yeah. good pickup that's yeah. a good pickup yeah so i it's really there. yeah that really came through for me and i was like man that sweet and salty combo man can't can't beat it there you go but uh the beer just kind of i don't know was there <laughs> it was there. So that's, that's. I want to dig a little bit deeper into something you just said. So if you took out the beer part of it and you made that like an alcoholic taste, do you think that would work? Mm. Sweet, salty, alcohol, banana flavored, a little bit of pecan. I mean, what, I know that's a lot kind going of, on. What, what alcohol are you talking about? Like mixed in if there? You, if you could drink this, as well. yeah. If you could drink say. that, as a beer oh no, that be, I think that'd be too much. You think so? If you could like drink it as an alcoholic beverage, yeah. Yeah, I think that'd be too much. But it's all stuff that you like. Like you be like pretty the, heavy though. You like the pecan. You like the banana from the maybe hef. a shot. You like a goza, like uh, the salt. Sweet and salt. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I mean, I'm hearing oh, stuff that you like. A goza pairing with that would have been wonderful. I think. Mm. Would, would that have lime in it also though? It'd be no. more. It would be more citrusy. Yeah, sure. you can. It add. wouldn't pair with the banana. Yeah. Like, yeah. Yeah, that mm-hmm. Not Sonny. to say that needs alcohol. So, yeah, I'm just thinking out loud. Yeah, <laughs> lemons and bananas. It sounds like yeah. you never uh, know. Yeah. You never know. <laughs> that's, that's true. But salt, <laughs> salty bananas. Oh, true. Sal- salty bananas. I don't know. So, Joel, what, what did you think of this pairing? The last one? Yeah, I thought it was awesome. Um, I know we talked about. I don't know if we ranked them, but we were talking about like nah, our favorite. 
I, yeah. I agree. Uh, the number two was was amazing, but then yeah. that last one, I, and I love Hefeweizens, so that that mm. made it amazing. I, I don't agree with the idea of adding it with like a goza or something that's going to be salty. Uh, that would be too much. But the the Hefeweizen that we had was great with that. Um, but I, I like the second pairing the most, just consistency. I really like the beer, the the golden. Ale? Is it technically a golden yeah, ale? Yeah, golden ale. The yeah. Trail Runner. It's probably the best golden ale I've ever had. Um, mm-hmm. Golden ales tend to be meh. Yeah. Like, there's almost a can or Light a lead flavor sometimes. Okay. The last few that I've had tasted like, I was looking metal. Were this those on draft or were they from cans? Mixture of both. Oh, okay. This, this was good though. So, with everything that we had today, would this be like the experience? These kind of portions, these pourings, would this be kind of like what uh, our listeners would, would experience? Yeah, we wanted to get it as close as possible. Um, it's a family style event, every okay. uh, our beer dinner. Yeah. So, uh, not, not necessarily every course. We might plate uh, like one or two courses. Typically, the dessert might be plated, it might not be family style. Mm-hmm. Um, but you know, we drop giant platters on the table and we, it's meant to, you know, converse and talk and share and pass. And uh, so it's, you know, it started family style and it's it's going to continue on to be family style. Is there is there discussion, like, are the brewers here or is it just pretty much all done? That's a good question. Yeah, great question. So, uh, of course, they're here. Uh, yep. The brewers are here. Um, they're sales reps. They're, you know, uh, owners and so forth. And we want them to have just as much fun mm-hmm. and and we're paying homage to them and hopefully they can see that we're bringing justice to, to their product as well. And so typically the beers are poured first, just like you guys had. Mm-hmm. Uh, the brewer uh, will stand up and, and talk about the, this particular beer. Chef will come out, you know, whoever the, the one of my team members that uh, wrote that course, they'll come out, talk about the food and why, you know, they thought it was a good pairing and then dig in and go. And it's loud and there's silverware clanking and glasses, <laughs> you know, drinks being poured and spilled. But it's just it's just a lot of fun. You know, it's meant to be super simple and uh, engaging. And we don't want to really grow it. You know, typically our, our sweet spot is about 50 guests. Mm-hmm. Right. Because of the, the nature of this restaurant. Right. right. We, we hold it in here every every month and we kind of want to keep it in that uh, section, the other side. So it's a little bit more intimate. Everybody feels like they're a part of the, the party and the show. And, uh, you know, we don't want to bring in microphones or anything like that and get too big. It's not about that for us. We don't care about that. Uh, we just want, you know, different folks to come and experience it each month. Right. Yeah. Well, that's, I mean, after about four or almost four and a half years, four years now, it's not like you guys got it down. Like it looks probably looks like pretty well. Yeah, we're hitting our stride. We're, we're pretty excited. It's going to, it's something that's not never going to go away. It's right. a live on for sure. Cool. Okay. You know, it's fun. I appreciate you guys having me out here today oh, yeah. and hanging out with y'all. No, we were, uh, we appreciate you having us here. Yeah. Yeah. We got to, let's great. do it again next time. <laughs> <laughs> well, you'll, you're, uh, you'll definitely see me in the future Any, for sure. Uh, yeah. I won't disagree with doing this once a month. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Second Monday every month. Wait, you're going to feed us? Andrew? Second Monday every month. <laughs> this one, this one's on the 8th. So this episode will come up before then. Right. Yeah. Th- yeah. This so- is July 8th. Here at the, at the 1850, or 1886, sorry. 1886, <laughs> 1886, yeah. yeah. And you said there could be some small changes to the menu? Well, mm-hmm. you know, refinements. Mm-hmm. Uh, as far from a content standpoint, it'll stay the same. But, mm-hmm. you know, like, I think one of the things we were talking about was the Mysterio Porter. Like, mm-hmm. I feel uh, like that for sure uh, with that grilled flank steak. I feel like I could apply a little bit more heat to that and mm-hmm. the porter will stand up and... You know, the same with the artichoke. I, I think we were talking about the kale chicharron and, yeah. you know, turning that into a little bit of bacon fat. Bacon fat. You there know. you go. I feel ah, like yeah. that'll play well. So we'll t- I'll talk to the chefs and gauge their, their excitement about it. <laughs> well, that's awesome. cool. Yeah. Yeah. So everybody listening, head down to Driscoll on the 8th, second Sunday of every Monday. Four courses, four beers, forty-five dollars. Wait, 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 wait. Second Sunday of oh, every Monday. Sorry, second Monday. How many beers have you month. had? <laughs> second Monday of Ross every month. Ross lives in a time spiral. <laughs> Trying to go fast. Uh, four courses, four beers, forty-five dollars. Yeah. So uh, get in touch. Find it on the Driscoll's website or call the concierge. Call Driscoll. We'll have so, it listed on our uh, on our social stuff. Yeah, uh, for definitely. Sure. Yeah. Outstanding. Thanks, guys. Thanks for having us out and. Uh, Tony, any any France news or? Um, you know, I was trying to hold all the France news. Okay, I didn't want yeah, to yeah, you, you just keep doing them. that. That's yeah. good. Yeah. <laughs> right. yeah. okay. Tuck well, it in. <laughs> <laughs> well, thanks everybody for joining us. So this has been Ross. This is Cutter. This is Tony. This is Chef Christian. This is Clint. Joel's, Joel's there. there. And this has been the podcast. 
This is the podcast. Thanks for sticking around. You can subscribe to us on iTunes, Stitcher, Podbean, Google Play, TuneIn, and on the hoppedupnetwork.com. If you like what you heard, rate and review us on iTunes. Like us on Facebook. Follow us on Instagram and Twitter at 3 Bears In Podcast and check out our website, 3beersinpodcast.com. 3, the number 3 Beers In Podcast.com. You can find information about us and the show along with the links to all of our episodes and our really cool merchandise. While you're on our site, you can tell us what you like, what you don't like. And if you don't like us, then why the hell are you still here? You should have turned us off long ago. But if you're just going to listen to us anyway, then you should probably subscribe too. And if you'd like a transcript of our podcast, write down everything that we just said. How does Kevin Bacon tie into all of this? Beer Chat brings together a collective of West Coast beer bloggers sharing our opinions on events, issues, and well-crafted groups. We hope you will check out the podcast at pacificbeerchat.com and at Pacific Beer Chat on social media and podcast apps, including Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, iTunes, Apple Podcasts, Google Play Music, and Stitcher. The music is by Conundrum. Welcome to Swift Beer Chat. <laughs>